business. But I'm saying, yeah. I'm saying, if I'm going to be on this podcast, I'm not going to, I'm, I don't want to fuck around with bullshit. Yeah. I want to fuck around already. with the real shit that's going on. Fuck yeah. Can you put you know the camera down? So, there? like, I don't, but again, as far as your coach, there's certain things that I would share, wouldn't share, you know? Bro, I already got it rolling because that was, that was beautiful. That's exactly what I wanted to hear, man. We're, we're, let's just fucking do it. All right, because, I mean, I guess you could, if you really were uncomfortable with something, you could delete it out. But for me, Whatever. what's I going on is what's going on. Yeah, so let me just get into it right now because, first of all, I really appreciate you getting on and taking the time. I know we're stretched really thin at the time of this recording. It's COVID-19, and... um I've been trying to get you on for like a year just on my own thing, let alone what we're, what we're doing together. So I know you, when we first started talking about doing a podcast, you didn't want it to be about um, like stroking the person that was on. So, but it's important that I let the listeners know for some context as to who you are. You can and, tell them who we are, but don't get all like kiss ass. Yeah. Off. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious here's the thing i'll be i'll be honest with you right now yeah the podcast that i listened to you do i yeah. felt like you and whoever you interviewed were just like licking each other up all the time and it was it wasn't real for me i mean i understand yeah. that you you are like that though you see the good in people and you want yeah. to tell everyone about it and 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 i appreciate that and i like hanging out with you because i grew up with a mom that was very complimentary so I love yeah. hanging out with you. You're always telling people how good they are. But yeah. as a listener, when I heard, I think it was you and Chris, right? Yeah, I don't know. Chris uh, Ray's, or, you know, he's a brown belt, probably yeah. black belt now. Yeah. Remember you did that yoga thing that my wife hooked yeah. into? That's what I first heard. Yeah. And it just, yeah. it seemed like, it seemed like a lot of, of uh, fluff. Yeah. A lot of like, not, not really getting down to it is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, sorry, we can get <laughs> sorry to rip you off. Right okay, man. <laughs> so guys, listen, this is my professor Sheridan right here. This is our relationship. This is how it goes, man. This is, this is the dude. So, um, I kind of knew that was going to be his reaction, but I'm going to give you guys some context anyway. So, uh, professor Sheridan to me is a leader, a leader, a mentor, a coach. Um, he's become a brother of mine. <clears throat> he's always there for me whatever I need him, whether he's in Costa Rica or wherever he's at. And um, he really, he's really, really helped me and my family and my business. And he's a gift to me, which is why I wanted to get him on the podcast right now, because it's a time, well, at the time of this recording, it's COVID-19. And at the time of this recording, I think that I'd like to, everyone gets to hear this. Everyone gets to have, have this, uh, be privy to this conversation and the information that that he's got got to offer so um professor i hear you talking a lot about the return on bad luck in our calls and and when we get on when we get on on um our our virtual classes right now um can you elaborate on that and and what that means to you so i've had a lot i've screwed up i've had a lot of shit go wrong in my i've owned a painting company for 27 years I just sold it January 1st. So it's two months into now me being a full-time jujitsu person. Um, and I've had a lot of shit go wrong. Uh, I've had a lot of stuff happen where I had to pivot. And um, 
I had a mentor. I painted a guy's house when I was 21. And uh, at the end of the job, he came to me and said, hey, I'll, I'll be your coach. You know, this is what I do for a living. And I said, oh, what does that mean? He said, well, you, you know, you pay me $600 a session for two hours and I'll give you coaching and, and, and I'll help you run your business. And I said, oh, $600. This is like 1992. I go, listen, I didn't make that on your house in two weeks. So to make a long story short, I said no. And then he came to me again and I said no again. And then he said, I'll just sit down with you for free the first time. Well, I ended up sitting down with him for the next 22 years, every month. And his name's Arnie Rensselaer. And he was, he was really my mentor. And where I learned that to get help, where I, where I learned what I learned on how to teach you. Mm-hmm. So basically, um, when things are down, you can stay in your shit and, and just look at what's wrong. And, and I think it's actually good to do that for a little while just to, you know, have your cry or whatever. But after that, you have to pick yourself up and you have to look out for what, what is the positive that you can get out of this? What's the positive you can get out of this? What's your return on bad luck? If you're looking for it, you're going to find it. But if you're not looking for it, if you don't have your eyes open, if you're in your crap, you're probably not going to find it. So I've been putting that message out there because um, through jujitsu, I've learned that there's a lot of people that um, are busy working, doing their thing, but they don't get a lot of positivity, say. Their job's tough, family life's tough, they're busy. So jujitsu has been like that little bit of positivity through this in normal life. And this is what it's serving for me right now and for a lot of people, even though we can't train. So what's your return on luck? My return on luck the last couple of days, I've been at a stickball game every day with my wife and my two kids. Amazing. Stickball in the street. My wife wouldn't let our kids go near the street. And we're in the street playing stickball like I did when I was a kid. Yeah. My second return on luck. I took a four-hour motorcycle ride with one of my daughter's best friends. My daughter, Harper, she's in first grade. And she has a best friend. Her dad's from Turkey. Great guy. I've been wanting to connect with him. We took a four-hour motorcycle ride. No one's on the road. Yeah. We stayed within, you know, seven, six, seven feet of each other. Socially responsible motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, well, on the motorcycle, it doesn't matter, but after, you know, yeah, you talk yeah. for a while. Yeah. And I will tell you, over the next two months when this is happening, there's going to be stuff when shit goes back to regular life Yeah. that you're going to miss during this time right now. Yeah. It's tough time, and I go to sleep every night after I watch CNN, and I get my head's a little messed up, and I'm kind of eating sugar at night because I'm a little screwed up, but there's stuff that you're going to create in this, if you choose to, that you're going to miss when we come out of this. So I invite everyone to think about what is their return on luck? What is the return on this bad luck? What are they going to get out of this? That's a simple notion. Yeah. Yeah. Professor, you brought up, um, you brought up in the beginning of the podcast. let Let me just jump in while this, just let the audience know what's going on. So, Professor, okay, so I don't teach college or anything. I'm not that smart. But in jiu-jitsu, there's this kind of fun thing that we do. Yeah. When you're a black belt, 
people call you professor. It, yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it's kind of fun. And so I'm okay because I got gray hair now, but so mm -hmm. that, that, you know, I don't have a degree in anything. I'm just a jiu-jitsu teacher and I'm not even that good of a jiu-jitsu teacher or player. How but many years have you been practicing you, for? Professor, uh, 20 years. People yeah, call you professor in that, and it's kind of fun. It's kind of cool. And Gabe, Gabe has fun with it. So just take that in context. Yeah, but also take in context that you've been studying something for 20 years and how long it takes to get a PhD in something, professore. Mm -hmm. Sure. So, That's right. Um, so when we first started talking, you brought up the, the initial podcast. That was like the first or second podcast I've ever done in my life. And it's interesting because the feedback was exactly the opposite of what I was trying to convey to the community. Um, Professor Sheridan and I actually know each other through Professor's wife, Heather Sheridan. And Heather and I go back. We used to teach at a yoga studio together. Um, Heather's awesome. She and I have a great relationship. And then when I saw what the benefits of jujitsu were, I wanted to open up a school and... Um, I was having some troubles with, with getting the jujitsu school going. And I called, uh, I called Kevin Sheridan um, through Heather. And the coolest part about that was before all that happened, we were sitting down at your kitchen table before we even decided to do anything with jujitsu together. And we found out that we had done the same type of self-development work together. Um, Heather and you had done it. Brittany and I had done it. And I think what's really interesting is that within a, in the values of our culture, and we're gonna get into the values of our culture and why, why our culture is so much different, but what we believe is that you might expect that BJJ is great for physical fitness and self-defense, and it is, but it's so much more. It's self-discovery. And that, that to me right there, Professor put this in this thing that he made by himself without me even being involved, but that was my biggest draw because the work is thread is embedded that code, that work is embedded and threaded through everything that we do. So how would you elaborate on that for our culture and for people to get, to get started to even, even like, where do we start with that professor? Well, before we go into this, let me just give people a framework for what we're doing right now, because I've listened to a decent amount of podcasts, not that many, but what bothers me most about podcasts is when you're in, I, I, I don't have a lot of time when I'm running the businesses and things and I'll, I'll listen to them in the car. And what bothers me most is when people don't get to the freaking point. Yeah. So I want to let you guys know, listeners, this is an hour podcast that we're doing. And um, I don't exactly know what the point is of the podcast. Gabe's running this, but um, I, I think it's just to share what's going on right now and how jujitsu is helping us through this. But I want to let you guys know that, um, you know, we're here for an hour and uh, we're going to hit on some, some stuff that's important to us that uh, has helped me through some tough times. So uh, how, Gabe's question was, how do you, you know, how do I want to explain the values? It's basically simple. I, before I got into jujitsu, I was working 80 hour work weeks. I wasn't married, no kids. I was working hard and I, I loved what I, what I did at that time. But when you are on your own business, you could just work and work and work and you just stay working. And I had gotten to be an adult, which, which that means to me was uh, there wasn't a lot of fun left over um, and good fun, like not fun drinking and doing 
bad shit, like good fun, like when you had it as a kid. So my, when I got into jujitsu, my sister was doing capoeira and she asked me to come to a class and I ended up stopping at the jujitsu class, which was one lower, one level lower at sixth Avenue, New York city. Um, I stopped in and it was a lot of fun, amazing. And that was my outlet to, to get on a train at 406 out of Maplewood, New Jersey and get in for a six o'clock class. Had to take two subways to get in and I got back like by 10, 30, 11. But that was my fun time. So what did that do for me? Gave me community, gave me exercise. I was heavy at the time because I had done college sports, but I wasn't doing anything at that time. I was just working, eating crappy food because what else is available in the suburbs for lunch when you're real busy? Subway or whatever else sandwiches are around, white bread. So what this gave me was an outlet, an outlet for fun, an outlet for health. And um, basically it's the same thing, bettering people's lives through the art of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and getting back to the basics of having fun, learning, growing, improving, doing something that's not that important just because you love it, being in the moment, all that kind of stuff, uh, which for me, living in Northern Jersey, people are really good at their jobs. People are really good, probably maybe earning a living or even probably good being parents, but the having fun part and doing stuff for the hell of it, the Brazilians have that figured out, you know, and a lot of the other countries where you can't move up so quickly that you kind of don't have a choice because you can't work because there's, you know, you're not going to move up anyway. So you might as well just have some fun. So that's the idea. So professor, getting back to like the values of, of our culture and going back to the self-discovery piece in that work, I feel that you, um, so you've run, you've run a bunch of successful companies. You recently just sold Rutgers painting and, um, and you have, you, you built that up to like, what was it? 15 or something like that. And then you intentionally took it back down to where it was manageable. 15, 15 what? what do you mean? Was it 15 million or 8 million? You said you built it up at and you took it back. Point, we started at, you know, two people at the high point. We were at 250 employees and doing $12 million in business. Yeah. But I will tell you at that point, I wasn't making money and the wheels were coming off. Right. And, and then I brought it back down to a, a, a nice, you know, high quality model. Right. But yeah. I learned a lot in that. Yeah. And so that, and, and a lot of your teachings that you give to me come from that where bigger isn't always better and how we can do less to be more profitable and, and also take, take better care of the people around us because we can have more awareness. So can you speak into uh, culture and, and that self-discovery piece a little bit more? Can, uh, you've been so successful with keeping community together and, and really being empathetic and understanding and knowing what people are thinking. Is that just something you innately have, or is that something that you trained? Uh, no, I started out. And if you talk to the people, most of the people that worked for most of my career, I was super goal focused, looking past the people into the goal, plowing people over in meetings, um, you know, not listening to them single-mindedly, you know, just being a bull in a China shop running the business. Yeah. And um, I realized it just doesn't work, man. You have to, you have to connect with the people. You have to listen to people. You have to bring them together. 
Um, uh, and and then, then you'll create team. Um, I worked with another coach for a few years named Mark Green, who interestingly enough, he, he really isn't that much team, but he, he actually uh, worked um, with an organization um, uh, called um, the Gazelle Group. And they, uh, the, the owner of that group wrote a book called The Rockefeller Habits. Mm-hmm. And that was all about how to run a company that's like the Rockefellers, that's growing really quickly, and how to manage that through managing people. And the biggest thing is shutting up and giving people a say and, and, and leading quietly and um, getting out of the way, like putting yeah. out there where we're going and let people help with it yeah. and making sure that it's a culture of giving and not taking. Yeah. Um, and if, if you're just taken and you can't be there, just really protecting the culture. I've seen my culture get screwed up many times and it can take one person to screw up a culture. So I think, you know, systems are really important, but it starts with culture. Professor, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, businesses right now. We were lucky enough to be a couple of days ahead because you were in touch with, um, who was it in? Uh, Federico Tisi. Yeah, in Italy. You want to speak into that a little bit? Well, here's the thing. Everyone's coming to this thing at their own time. You know, we're all in New Jersey. We're hunkering down. We're following the rules. And I saw on CNN last night, the governor of, of was not of Florida. I think it was in Georgia. They're partying. Kids are still partying. And they're doing that because they're like a week behind us here in New York. And when, when I spoke to my friend Federico Tisi, he said to me, and this was like, I think it was, let me look at my phone now. I mean, all this is blending together. It's, it's just insane how all these weeks are blending together. So the first thing is I spoke, I got back from Costa Rica on the 6th and we did a camp there rolling in Costa Rica. We're having fun. We weren't even paying attention to news. We got back, this thing hit me like a ton of bricks. On the ninth, I spoke to my mom and mom says, you have to close your school. I said, well, what are you talking about, mom? That's my livelihood. People want to train. And so I wasn't where she was. My mom was like, you got to close the school. I talked to my sister, who's a business owner in California. Same day, you got to close the school. Jiu-Jitsu is not good for this. Well, I was resistant on the 24th. I spoke to my friend Federico Tisi on the 26th. And he said, Kev, everything shut down. And the biggest thing, Kev, is we're in our homes and to hear in his voice him say, Kev, you have to realize they're going to the hospitals and there's no more respirators. There's no more masks. If you're over 55 right now in Italy, they're turning you away. They have to make a decision on who they're attending to. Yeah. And when he told me that, I realized this thing is getting out of control and I shut my school down that next day and, um, and, and Marcelo Garcia, the leader that he is, he is, he shut his school down. He was probably, I'm going to guess he's a, one of the first people in the country to shut his school down. Yeah. And we were, we were after him and, and he was my coach. Yeah. And I, he was also part of that. I said, man, Marcelo did it. He, and I said to guys, I don't think it's right. I said on Tuesday, 
I don't think it's right. 30 of us going training together. I don't think it's right. And, uh, and so my message through this has been first, look out for your community. What can you do to slow this thing? And now everyone in New Jersey is on board with that. And I think everyone in the country in the next week is going to be on board with that. My second message through this whole thing is what can we do for our community, for our, our people that are tied into us that we see every day, our jujitsu community, what can we do? How can yeah. we serve them? And then the last thing is how can you protect yourself during this? How can you make sure that your finances are good? Your health is good. Your people are good. Your family's good. Yeah. So in that order, world first, community second, and then yourself. So by shutting down, we serve, we serve the world to, to stop the spread along with our community. And then, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, people, and again, I'm not poo-pooing anyone for who didn't do that. Everyone's coming to come to this at their own time. If I hadn't spoken to Fernando, I probably would have been shutting down much later. Yeah. You know? So we have to, I think, respect people are getting this information at different times and they're making their decisions and they're, but you know, the more that we're in this, the more everyone's realizing that you gotta stay home. Yeah. Um, professor, can you speak into how we're supporting our jujitsu community, how quickly we've pivoted to online and, and why it's so important for people to stay connected right now? Well, again, I want to be careful with, uh, with making this about how good we are and how quickly we pivoted and all that. Yeah. Um, but I will say that what I'm hearing, what we, okay, we'll go back to the listening thing. So on my mind, I thought my students needed one thing and what I did was I reached out to them, about 20 of them, Gabe and I were calling people on the phone, what do you need, what do you need, what do you need? So I had in my mind planned what I thought they needed, but what people told me they needed is they wanted the regularity of schedule. They wanted, if they were in a 6 a.m. class, they wanted to still be in that class. If they were in a seven o'clock class, they still wanted to be in that class, just differently. So they wanted regularity of schedule, they wanted to see their peers, they wanted to connect with their instructor and they wanted to get some community and they wanted to get a workout. So what we did, which was different than some what other schools did and, and maybe other schools needed something else. This is what our community need. But I will tell you, I feel like it it's been the right thing. Um, so what we did is we opened up online. Gabe was, first of all, Gabe is, a, is an amazing, I don't know, I'm going to kiss his ass right now with this, but he's an amazing <laughs> artist. And he's also really good at online stuff. So, which I'm not really much of an artist. I do have an aesthetic appreciation. If you look at, you know, you can see what's behind me, but um, I don't, I'm not good at the online stuff. Um, as, as you would know, I'm 40, I'll be 49 in two weeks. So Gabe was able to pivot and hook all that together. And we were able within a short period of, six o'clock classes, 12 o'clock classes every day, 7 p.m. classes every day, weekend classes. Um, and the cool thing about this is what's the return on luck? Guess what? My friend Saluso, he's in his garage right now with a 19-year-old Brazilian brown belt phenom because he was at his house and they're training every day. So guess what? We hooked in. He's teaching a class every Friday. Jimmy Harbison, another buddy of mine, he's hooked in from California. We had another friend of mine, Saluso, teaching from Costa Rica. So yep. it's kind of cool that we've been hooked, be able to hook, in all, hook this all in. And the only reason that 
again, I, I press some buttons online, but if it wasn't for our community and the existing teachers, man, and everyone pivoted with us. And I just think that the, the culture that you had set up and the systems that we've had in place for what, over a year now together, yeah. um, the, we kept those systems of communication in line, intact. We kept our, our, our weekly calls on. Um, whenever something like whenever something starts to like modulate a little bit faster, you and I will get a different rhythm with how often you and I speak personally. Yeah. But our the way we kept our community together and the way that this because we had a system in place, that's what I was talking about. How great we were able to pivot, and I mean the entire team. Um, it, we moved a lot of people, or a yeah, lot of people yeah, moved together. Yeah. So this this conversation, this hour long conversation, I think it can serve business owners. I think it can serve people that are working entrepreneurs and you know regular jiu-jitsu people we're not talking too much about moves right now but i think you can serve a regular jiu-jitsu practitioner on how we can you know stay connected and things yeah. um but you know let, let 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 me just talk for a second about why we're able to pivot so quickly was that in my last company as the company grew i created enemies I created competitors and I created a lack of collaboration because I wasn't an adult enough to be able to keep everyone in the same fold. I had animosity, but in this time around in my second career, my second life, I realized jujitsu is just, jujitsu is a little different too. Jujitsu a little, a little more collaborative, a little more fun. Uh, the painting company is a little less fun, Definitely not as much collaboration. I did try to collaborate in that business, but I don't, for whatever reason, I, maybe I just wasn't humble enough to do it yet, but I knew I didn't want to make that mistake on this time around. So I saw it when I first opened up my jujitsu school, a guy who I used to, um, I used to teach at his school around me that we were friends. As soon as I opened up, he like, he was like, you're taking food from my family and I don't want to talk to you anymore. And it was like, oh man, that sucks. And I had that, like, I, I didn't want that. So, you know, when I was even thinking about opening up, first person I called is Fabio Clemente. What, are you okay with this? And can you help me? Yes, you can. I wanted to create collaboration. So um, I knew there was a lot of schools around me that could use some business help. And also we could collaborate on things. And so I opened up, not an association, like you think, like an alliance or anything, I call it an association, but that's really kind of a poor name for it. I opened up a brotherhood of schools. I think that's probably a better name for it, where we help each other grow and help each other as long as we have the same values and there's some, there's some rules on how we engage each other, then, then we help each other. And what's happened through this is that there's been a lot of collaboration through this. Gabe and I have collaborated a lot and we're able to pivot on this thing. And, um, and, and create what we did in a short period of time. So what's important, you said, you know, maybe not the average jujitsu practitioner, but what was important to me is for people to see, this is what it's like. This is the real shit behind the scenes. Like this is how it goes down and this is what it takes. And this is where the culture starts. You and I don't sit and talk about Kimuras and wrist locks and things all the time. Like you're giving, you're giving me life lessons. Uh, we're talking about how we're going to how we're going to work and then how we're going to take take a uh, leadership role to do what's best for the world, the community, and then keep ourselves safe. And I think people hearing the context uh, behind all this will give a different um, 
just maybe a different appreciation or a different understanding as to, uh, and not an appreciation to where, wow, we're so great, but an appreciation as to where they can possibly take some of this if they have to shut down their business right now and how they can apply it. If there's anyone out there listening that isn't in the mind, you know, Kevin was two, two days ahead of me talking um, with, with so, uh, um, what's his name, Kevin? Federico TC. Uh, with TC and we, we, we were talking about bringing TC over here and like planning a belt ceremony. And, and next thing we know, we're like, dude, he's not coming from Italy because the, the it's about to get shut down because of COVID. So um, I think it's important for people, anyone that's around that can, that's able to hear this um, if they didn't have the mindset that they could get some value out of this. Yeah. Well, listen, for me, it's so cool to be able to talk candidly about struggles because as a, I, I always, in my last company, I always wanted to create some type of understanding with my customers on how hard it was to deliver on everything that we did yeah. and how many struggles you had. And people have no idea when you go to buy a croissant at like a bakery, what goes beyond, what, what goes into that. And, you know, I've got a friend of mine, uh, Fred, who runs Arturo's and and runs a, a bakery in Maple with the bread stand. And man, I know the energy that he puts into that and the perfection that that comes out of that. Now I wouldn't call it perfection, but the, the incredible product that comes out, but there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. And now I think there's a lot of shows now that kind of hit on that and a lot of business shows that hit on that. But you know, when I was doing my company 15 years ago, I, I somehow wanted to share that because there was so much stuff that I dealt with as a business owner in that company, so much tough stuff. And I'm sure other people were dealing with it, but I didn't have the balls to put it out there. I wanted to, but I just thought if I talked about the bad shit about my company, that people think my company sucked. And now I realize that people would probably appreciate, especially other business owners, that someone else is going through the same thing. And you can get answers because of that. You know? Yeah. And that's what you were talking to me when we first started that you're going to speak candidly. And I really appreciate that. That was, that was, it was, it was perfect. And in the moment, man, because you know, the struggles that, um, that I face and that we've been working through, it's almost like seeing this COVID-19 thing, a couple being a couple days ahead of it, getting information from Italy. You're there, you have this perspective already and you're able to share that with me. So, um, um, I'm able to now move forward with, without having that feeling of not being able to be transparent. I'm able to be completely transparent and just, it is what it is. And um, if people think I suck, they think I suck. And if they think I'm cool, they think I'm cool. And I, I really don't care. I'm just going to do the best I can every day and put one, one foot in front of, each, of the other right now. And listen, here's the, here's the deal. It's the same shit. When you go out to compete yeah. in jujitsu, guess what goes through my mind? Yeah. I'm going to look like an asshole. I'm a black belt in jiu-jitsu. I'm going to go out there and get my ass kicked. I'm going to look like an asshole in front of whoever's watching. That's what yeah. goes through my mind. And yeah. that's what goes through most people's mind before they step on the mat. And you got to take that away, take that away from you. And you go out and you do what you do and you let the chips fall as they may. And in the end of the thing, a lot of times and when you go out and compete, you're like, ah, oh, it wasn't that bad. Let me do it again. But if yeah, you haven't yeah. been on the mat in a while, that's what you start to worry about, you know? 
dude, I had that feeling before I got on this with you because, and before phone calls, but the difference with this was we were going to be, be recorded and everyone would watch you rip me, but it just is what it is. I mean, you're going to get your ass beat, you're going to get your ass beat and that's what makes you better. And um, that's what a coach is. And, and that's, that's how you, that's how you grow. Um, professor, can you, can we talk a little bit about, you spoke, you leaned into the, you pivoted from calling it an association to a brotherhood of schools. Why be grateful? And why stronger together? Where, what's, what's your whole thing around gratitude? It's painted on your building. It's the name of, it's the name of our association slash brotherhood. What's up with that? Um, well, I guess, uh, you know, jujitsu for me, you know, it's just always been there for me. You know, um, when I got married, you know, five, six years into it, it was some tough times and, I'd go into Fabio's class in the city. I'd take a training and everyone's training, man. Everyone's having a good time. It's like a positive, it's just this positive vibe. And um, I grew up in a very positive environment, with a single mom, four kids. Um, my mom cleaned houses for a living, but it didn't matter like that we didn't have that much. She created this amazingly positive vibe and jujitsu, wherever I go there, is just this positive vibe. And I think that people, and I'll, and I'll, and I don't want people, I don't want people to think I'm talking bad about my country, but I've been around the world and, you know, people in America sometimes don't understand what they have. Um, and even people around here, sometimes what they have, like the amount of things that they have. And, and I'm on a busy corner right here. And I just thought, man, this a lot, there's, there's a lot of honking and there's a lot of stressful people. I mean, I'm in between Irvington and Milburn, New Jersey. Milburn, New Jersey is one of the highest income, income per capita place in the world. Uh, Irvington, New Jersey is one of the most dangerous uh, uh, per capita cities uh, on violent crimes in the country. So this is an intersection of that. And um, it's, uh, there's a lot of, um, I would say, you know, not appreciation. So I put that be grateful thing because I just thought it would be cool for people when they're sitting out the light that they, that they um, saw that. And then I just, after class, I started asking people, what are you grateful for? And, uh, people would share stuff that's like, man, I'm grateful that, you know, my father got over cancer. Am I grateful that I got to have dinner with my kids? And it just created this, this um, realness and, uh, and people started connecting in a different way. And then my, my jujitsu company, we have a daily call with all the painters. And I, I started doing that. What are you grateful for? And a painter who wasn't making the call, they started making the call because I said one day, I'm grateful that my mom got cleared of cancer this week. And they said, oh, wow, I didn't know your mom had cancer. They didn't know I was dealing with that for the last month. Yeah. They just think I'm sitting around hanging out while I make all the money and they do all the work. Yeah. But I, you know, I'm, I was going through stuff and, and they would ask me, how's your mom? So it brought that to a whole new level. So um, that's what I think gratefulness can do is just, bringing people together. And so when I came up, I had Sheridan BJJ, which was my school. And then I was helping out a couple other schools. 
And when I started to help out Gabe's school, he was working with a, um, a friend of mine um, that owns Subforce BJJ. And, um, you know, we, we were on Fabio's team together and it wasn't working out. And, and so I came in to help Gabe and, uh, and um, he said, oh, well, let's call it Sheridan. I said, Sheridan is my school and I feel like you need to have your own school. And, you know, Jay, I think at the time wasn't even a, a blue belt. He was a white belt. But like two stripes. what I kind of tell people is you don't, you can own a jujitsu school, believe it or not. You have to be good at business, not good at jujitsu. Um, so I was, so he opened up his, his, uh, Sumas BJJ or A&I or something he called it at the time. And then there was like this kind of, you know, I had Sheridan, he had I and I, um, I had partnership with another school, um, where, you know, Nelson Puentes, one of my black belts went and helped out a karate school, Master Mike, um, Max Athletics. So we, we had been collaborating for years and I was kind of thinking, how do I pull everyone together? And I realized, oh, we can, we can all fall under the hood of this Be Grateful BJJ and still have our own identities. So that's how that came about. It was awesome, man. Um, there's so much that, that translates from business to me to jujitsu though. And you know, again, what we discuss, uh, the tactics, the, the, the culture, it's the, it's the same way that you do business that you've taught me to do business. And, um, I don't really see a separation right now. I'm injured and just reiterating what you just said about not having to be great at jujitsu, which I don't consider myself to own a school. Um, but it's the way, if you listen to the feedback, our culture, Sheridan, Summis, we're one of the most welcoming uh, jujitsu communities around. That's like consistent feedback that people love, uh, love to be around. And um, that's also how I, I, I pride myself on doing, doing business with people right now as well. Um, Kev, in, the, uh, in, in our book, we talk about the archetype of being an explorer, an adventurer, a seeker, a pioneer, an individualist. And to me, that's, that's kind of, it's kind of a, it's poetic. There's duality there because we're like, we're a community of very much like individualistic seekers as well. Um, you want to expand on that archetype and how that came to well, be and how you see that? Here's the thing. We have 15 minutes left, right? Yeah. And I feel like we could get into that, but are you, what are you doing with this recording? Are you going to put it out to the world in the next couple of days? No, I don't know. I was, uh, I actually didn't have any expectations. First well, thing I wanted if to you do. Are, I, if you are, I think we right. need to talk about maybe what we, what, you know, what are a couple takeaways that business owners or people that are practicing jujitsu cool. take away right now? Because cool. for me, when I'm doing a podcast, it's like, give me my info, let me get my goods and get the hell off the podcast. Yeah. So what are a couple things that we want to, share that's working for us maybe as jiu-jitsu practitioners or maybe as business owners yeah you know that that people can take away sure you know go ahead um well let me think about it for a second as a business owner yeah um i think right now one of the main things that you can do is reach out to other people that you know that own jiu-jitsu schools 
and share ideas on how you guys can get through this. Right now, um, you know, jujitsu right now, it's a touching sport. And a lot of these schools are going to be closed for a long period of time. If you're a school in New York City, you know, you got your rent, you know, all that. Like, so right now, I mean, I think the biggest thing you can do as a jujitsu owner is one, that uh, band together. You have a good friend that runs a jujitsu school. You know someone that runs a jujitsu school. Reach out to them and see how you can help each other. Don't be alone in this. The second thing is get on the phone with your students and ask them how you can serve them. Right now, a lot of them are probably keeping their memberships because they want to show solidarity and they want to support your school. And maybe $150 or $175 you know, for the next month or two months isn't a big deal for some people. But there may be people that it is a big deal for. So... Um, uh, and if it is a big deal for them, then they're probably going to cancel their memberships and they may have it. I have a guy that a barbershop closed. He's 22 years old. He's not going to be able to pay his membership. So my recommendation for you business owners um, is that you form a message that asks people for their help. That if you want your jujitsu school to stay there, then please help and continue your memberships. And put it in an email. And if people talk to you about canceling their memberships, then put that information out there saying, hey, listen, I can put you and I'll give you a credit on the back end. And if you can please not cancel your membership right now, because if you want this school to be around, then it would, we need your support in this. Now, here's the deal, though. You need to ask for their help. But... If they can't help, you need to respect that and you need to help them. So the second part of your message is, if you can't help, we totally understand. Maybe you need help at this. So if you can't help and you have to cancel the membership, let me know. I'll cancel it right away. No problem. And how can I help you in this time? What do you need from me? So. You got to put the help out, ask for help because maybe there's people out there that, that will help you. That is no sweat off their backs. Some people are making a killing at this. If you, if you're a Whole Foods uh, stockholder, you're doing pretty well. If you're hand sanitizer, you're doing pretty well. There's a lot of industries. You're in the computer industry, you're zoom, you're doing great. So if you got someone that works in those industries, they can help you. And it's, you, you should be asking for help. Okay. And then, and then, putting it out there that if someone needs your help, then you need to, then you ask how you can help them. So in this, it's about banding together and helping each other. And, and I'll just put this out to the jujitsu owners. If you uh, want to hit uh, me or Gabe up with ideas, Gabe, you can put our uh, emails in the, in the show notes or how you can get in touch with us. Um, and, uh, and also um, posting ideas. Uh, on your Instagram on, on what you're doing that's working for the jiu-jitsu community. Um, I reached out to uh, another school owner. I, I, someone put us in touch a couple days ago. We've been on the phone a couple times. Alan from um, uh, Alan DePena. I, I don't actually know where his school is, but we've been on the phone a few times about this. So it's pretty cool. Cool, man. Uh, 
We've got about nine minutes left, Professor. Anything else you want to wrap with other than how this uh, helps jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu uh, practitioners, what can you do? Well, you want to help your gym? Then you reach out to your jiu-jitsu buddies and you ask them how you can help them at this time. Uh, you want to help your gym? Keep your membership and then ask the gym if, you, if you're in a, a, a ability to help what they need from you. So they probably uh, need you to help keep the members together. Yeah, that was, that's exactly right, Professor. And one way to do that that's been coming up over and over again is contacting the other members. And we have systems set up, and I, I've, I've thought of some ways that we can do even better. I'm going to talk to you about um, group chats, uh, give, give another member a call, give them a text, but keep them engaged, um, especially if you're in our community, to have people show up to the online classes because there's a lot of people out there right now that are still isolating, that are sitting on a couch, that don't, that this is how they deal with a circumstance like COVID-19. And we get to be in service to, to, to get out of our own way and to make these calls. You want to elaborate yeah, on that? Yeah, so that's my ask. If you're in the Be Grateful BJJ Association, I'm going to ask that you jump on an online class and you say hi to a coach. It's a live class. You get a 40-minute workout and you say hello to your community. Uh, we have classes 6 a.m. every day, every weekday, 12 o'clock every weekday, um, 7 o'clock every weekday. On the weekends, it's all on the Be Grateful BJJ schedule. The cool thing about this is we've got Jimmy Harbison teaching from California Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. A uh, um, good friend of mine and Dominic Cruz, who used to be his coach for a while with jiu-jitsu. Uh, we've got uh, Fernando Saluso teaching from Ecuador on Friday. Fernando Moya taught last week from Costa Rica. Nelson Puentes is uh, going to be teaching a class this week. Uh, Dan Covell is teaching class Wednesday, 3 p.m. So his students are now coming into this fold. So get on an online class, say hello to your peers, get a workout for yourself. One of the ways that we're opening up class is asking, what are you doing in this that's working for you? What are you finding in this that you didn't have before? You know, what's your return on luck for this? Um, And sharing ideas. So uh, that's my request. If you're a Be Grateful BJJ member, you know, or, you know, you're in fight and fitness, you're in dream martial arts. If you're in um, Sumas BJJ, Dan Cumble BJJ, then, then you're reaching out and you're jumping online and you're visiting us and you're giving us ideas. Also hitting us up on Instagram on, on what we can be doing better and, and what you need. Cool, man. Lastly, to take care of people on a personal note, uh, today you were talking about what you weren't able to do before this and, and how you can capitalize to create this return on bad luck. You want to just close yeah, out? So that? this is what I brought in my kids class today. And I brought in the adult class. I'm going to ask you during this time, you know, I'm, I'm assuming I'm guessing it's going to be somewhere between like five and eight weeks. What can you do now? Make a list of five to 10 things. What you can do now that you couldn't do before this. What can you do now that you couldn't do before this? You couldn't do because you maybe didn't have the time or you didn't have the focus or whatever it is. What you, what can you do now that you couldn't do before? And I'm going to, I'm going to bet that when you come up with those things, you're going to enjoy them now. And when this thing stops, you're going to miss those things. So one of the things for me is 
We've been doing a daily stickball game with my son, Phineas, who's 10, my daughter, Harper, who's like my son, um, who's seven, and, and my wife, Heather. Stickball game every day in the street. I, did I say this already? When you opened up, but that I you said up, that was your return went, on love. Did I talk cool about four-hour motorcycle ride? Yeah, but it's cool, man. Yeah, all right, so those are the things that I got, and there's 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 a lot of other stuff right here. What we're doing right now. Yep. So I, I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna challenge you guys that you think about what those things, and you write them down, and you also get your kids to think about those things, and don't get your wife to do that because anything you're gonna tell your wife to do, anything I tell, they, they don't really. You yeah. can just do it, and then if they they see you doing it and they and they appreciate it, then they'll do it. Yeah, cool, man. Professor, we'll close it out. Gratitude. Oh, I'm sure. Um, I'm grateful that I, I got to be on with you, and and that you stayed clear of the bullshit. <laughs> you stayed clear of the shit, and that we got to do this. Thank you, Gabe. Uh, I'm grateful that you you got me on here, and and uh, that you set it all up, and. Um, I'm, um, I'm grateful my mom is, is doing well. That's it. Yeah, man. I'm grateful for you. Um, your guidance to stay clear of bullshit for like the last year or so, you know, changed my filter. I, I, what professor was talking about being that guy that, that was aggressive and plowing through people. I, I've been that archetype. So I'm so grateful for transformation. I'm really grateful for this community. And I know a lot of people say, but we really care about your feedback. I'm all about making content and, and, and providing the most we can for you guys. So if there's anything you'd like to see or hear, have us do. If this served you, you want to just please let us know. And um, I'm grateful for you all. Os? Os. All right, guys. Out, out. Os. See you later. <laughs>